Well, we're doing a little uh, late night uh, potting here as we're coming up uh, approaching midnight. And uh, this is uh, Derek Johnson along with the Dougals from the Hardcore Husky Message Boards. Uh, Dougals, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. This is uh, the dream come true. I feel like I can uh, finally look up at my two dads and cry with pride. I made it, you know. <laughs> this is it. From your basement, <laughs> right. <laughs> from the basement. I made it. Um so we're we're talking in the aftermath of the uh the Washington Oregon State game that opened up the season and and the and maybe even after we hear Jay Ensley tomorrow talk about the next uh we're not going to get political here but talk about the next uh the lockdown um it might end up being the only game that the Huskies play this year who knows but uh but we'll break down what we we saw tonight Huskies won 27 to 21 um you uh, before we started recording, if you don't mind talking about it, uh, Dougals, you were you said you were over at your dad's watching the game, and do you want to just repeat what you were say, telling me before we started the show? Yeah, yeah, you know, my my dad is pretty much as Doug as it gets. You know, if he doesn't have a, a subscription to any website, but if he did, it'd be Dogman, and um, you know, because he just uh, gets scared when the athletic director threatens to. To, to you know, take away his uh, tie seating if he doesn't give him money, and he's just always pro, pro, purple. They can do no wrong. Trust the coaches, and and I'm sitting there watching, watching with him, and he's just looking at me like, what the hell is going on with this defense? Um, you know, one thing that a guy like him knows is that we push around Oregon State, and uh, he thought it was his understanding that these new guys were, you know, the four star guys were gonna come in and, and, and pretty much dominate a team that, that we're used to dominating and, and watching Oregon State just running down our throats was uh was kind of was kind of alarming. Well um and I saw you posting on the, the game thread there at hardcorehusky.com uh so I'm guessing that you followed along and saw some of this but in the early stages of the game when the Husky defense was playing pretty well there was like some comments in there about comparing us to the defense of the early nineties and stuff. And then as <laughs> and then as Oregon State started getting eight yards a carry and the game got, you know, more and more anxiety ridden and stuff, and then you get into the fourth quarter and then people are calling for Jimmy Lake to be fired, Kwiatkowski to be fired. Somebody PM'd me and wanted to know if it was against the rules if he posted that for for Quat to uh, commit Sepicu and I said, You can't do that. So uh was that something though? I mean, well, it turned so fast. We looked great uh, early on. I don't know how much we give Jonathan Smith credit for maybe knowing the system, knowing where the holes could be, or or kind of maybe even knowing what some of Blake's tendencies would be with all the practice he's had against him. Uh, but but it was it was pretty shocking. Uh, you know, even the second half, they were just gashing us. Now. In classic, Lake has a way of somehow, you know, he his defense will look terrible, but then you look at he only let up 14 points um, throughout the whole yep. game. So you kind of, you kind of, it's it's kind of a classic Lake game in that sense where you're, you're you're scratching your head. I feel like they rush for you know a million yards on us, but I mean only 14 points given up by the defense is is actually, <laughs> in some weird way, uh, not not terrible, uh, but. But overall, just the idea of where the program's at, as far as like an intro to what this, what we're gonna see, I was not, I was not, uh, I was pretty underwhelmed uh, with with the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think that the offense, where I was really uh, concerned, actually showed up a lot, a lot better than I thought. 
Um, I know that's kind of a controversial thing right now, too, because we're all across the board as far as uh, of the offensive performance. But um, I thought the defense, the secondary looked great. Um, the linebacker play, at least the outside linebackers, were phenomenal. Um, inside linebacker is a serious issue still. Um, yes. But but it it, it kind of it was one of those games where you expect to win. I thought we would blow them out, and we needed uh, we needed some luck and and just being better athletes uh, to 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 barely pull it off. Yes, you know I I was texting throughout the game with a good friend of mine, and as he pointed out to me in the fourth quarter when I was. Uh, uh, starting to complain a little bit about this and that, and he and he was saying, uh, you know, you know, bear in mind it's the first game of the season and the uh, and you know first time in a long time that we played, so that's very very true. Um, but you know, there was a lot of questions, and I wrote down some notes here. And like, if we take a look at the offensive side of the ball, somebody on the boards, I don't remember who it was, but they compared um, Dylan Morris to a, <laughs> a Verizon store assistant manager, and can't we get a real quarterback? And, <laughs> Um, so, um, he, he, you know, he was not I, the problem. And I saw you post that as well is that he was, he wasn't stellar or anything, but I mean, and his numbers were good and he had three, maybe four drops, most of them from Jones, I think yeah. maybe one from Puka, he, I think, but, uh, yeah, he did all right. I mean, for a freshman in his first start, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. He's not the problem. I don't think he's the answer. Um, you know, he kind of has a, a, a wonky little windup, you know, and there's, we may yeah. be a little, we may be a little, uh, you know, shell shocked after the Browning years and, 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 and scared of that. But I mean, I thought he, he looked comfortable in the pocket. He actually moves around well. He was putting the ball, even though they kind of came through like fastballs, there wasn't really much touch. It was kind of like a one, one speed ball he was throwing all night, but he, he put them in spots for our guys to make plays that are supposed to be the playmakers. Right. Uh, yes. And it kind of it's it's frustrating when you know we talk a lot of trash about you know playing all these the, the midgets and the seniors over these young guys, uh, you know, and and then these young guys get in and what do we see though? You know, I mean, at some point you, you got to start making plays for this guy, and and I, I think that's just been a, a common theme. I I don't know why or what the reasoning is, but but those were catchable balls. I mean, those three that we talk about, three drops were. You know, you're talking at least a touchdown on one. Um, you're, you're extending the, uh, you're moving the chains again on a crucial third down on the other. Um, and it's just, you know, against the B when you're running, that's when we had McGrew in. I don't know if he's hurt or not, but I don't know what happened to him. He just disappeared um, because we decided to play every single player at running back uh, the second half. But, um, but you know, Dylan, he did, he did fine. I thought he did fine for a freshman on his first start. I'm more concerned first about start. it. Sounds. It sounds like he wasn't going to be the starter. I think uh, Thompson from Sac State was going to be the starter, and now something happened. I, I don't know if you have any info on that, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm more concerned that Sermon is uh, – Sermon, if he can't supplant that, then he's – I mean, with the the leg up he had with experience, then he's probably toast. Um, you know, I don't see how uh, – the bar – he did a good job, but the bar wasn't set that high. So if none of those guys on the bench could beat what we saw as far as pushing the ball downfield, then, you know, it is what it is at this point. Let's run the ball 30 times a game. Uh, assuming that we can. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. as great as the offensive line looked, and it looked really good today, um, you know, that was Beavlet we were playing. So, um, you know, you have to bear that in mind. 
And one thing too, I'll just say about sermon. And when I when I wrote this three years ago on the on the boards, uh, and some people got very upset, and some people were even thinking that I was rooting against sermon, and and that's you know not the case. Um, but I was just saying that when I was covering the the uh, you know the Woodenville Bothell game, in fact, I saw sermon play three different times against um, Woodenville and go zero and three, and. Mm-hmm. Um, just the lack of composure on the field and seeing him melt down in the huddle and uh, overthrowing receivers constantly and, um, you know, but physically, you know, he's everything you would want, just like back to pack is screaming about on the boards there and he's got a, an arm where he can throw the ball to the moon. But, yeah, you know, that other stuff is obviously being seen by the coaches or otherwise he would be starting right now. So, And then to go back to what you were talking about a second ago in regards to uh, um, McGrew, because, like, the bit that McGrew played, he looked really, really good. And then what happened to Fig Newton? You know, why isn't he uh, – uh, it seemed like he should be should have gotten an 8 to 10, 12 more carries than, than he ended up receiving. I don't have the stats in front of me, uh, but it was seemed like he only carried the ball three or four times. Yeah, well, he actually – I have the box score up. He, he carried the oh. ball 15 times for an average of 2.7 yards. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so he got a lot. He got a lot in at the end. Kamari Pleasant had had twelve for sixty-one. So I don't know if that's a typo, but <laughs> I, I I I don't know. He seems to have extra fire. Um, then you know Pleasant looks a little. Uh, he had a couple of nice runs at the end. I'll give him that. There was a nice one near our goal line, but he seems a little plotting. Uh, but you know, for me. It, the attack, we got to find the guys. Maybe this was just like the very first game, and and they don't even know who their players are yet because it's a news. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but but uh, these these guys need to uh, uh, find their guys and start playing them. I mean, thank God we had uh, Beevlet because it's like Uncle Rico could get a scholarship to be the. You know, this is not uh, this is not a team that's necessarily loaded with athletes. So it was kind of a. Uh, frustrating to see us kind of just not assert ourselves there in the second half and, and, and really run away with it. You know, you've been around hardcore Husky long enough to remember that uh, when Sven was there, um, that there was that joke about this, like a, a airline traffic controller guy sitting in front of like nine monitors or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Okay. Yeah. And so that was kind of me in the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, in a sense, except that for me, I was texting with two people, um, continuously texting with two people about the game. Um, uh, I was uh, I was on the Hardcore Husky game thread. I was watching the game, and then and then also there was the reason I was laughing a second ago is because then I went over to uh, YouTube to to look for something, and in my suggestions there was a. It's like some Korean girl in Chicago who does uh, yoga or something. So then I went, oh. So I started watching that for a few minutes and then toggling back and forth with the game. So Newton must have got his carries while I was watching the yoga or something or texting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, while you're, while you're uh, yeah, exactly. While you were in the WOM, uh, Newton was getting the work in. Uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much what it comes down to. But it, at it point one yard to carry and destroying my theory there, but uh, – yeah, he had he had about five carries into the back of center uh, there near the goal line when we tried to punch. Go, going from uh, the, the power eye, I think uh, Donovan just pulled out the Newt Rockney playbook at the end there. And uh, but I, I will say I do appreciate. Here's here's what I liked about about Donovan this game is there actually seemed to be 
some sort of idea or a plan where it's like, if something's working, let's just keep going to it too many times until they stop it, right? Versus like we had that random play generator, let's be multiple with Peterson. Let's let's try to trick them and we'll move guys around. And even though we'd be, you know, finding success in one way, we just kind of abandon it for no reason um, and, and do the defensive coordinator's job for him. I like that, you know, and maybe Donovan's just, you know, <laughs> he doesn't know any better and he just does one thing, but but I really liked that we were finding success in certain areas and he would stick to it over and over and over again until they actually did something about it. And, and I, I really, I think that if we can just do that for so many of our losses in the Peterson area with it, that were like self-inflicted wounds left and right. If we can just have a play caller who lets the athletes be athletes and just, and, and, and just kind of keeps pressing on the defense where we're finding success. Uh, that's, that's, that's a step up from what we had. I mean, he, he, even when we didn't score points, we, we took off like half a quarter, you know. We took off almost the entire third quarter driving down on that 17-play drive. Um, now, of course, when we play teams that actually have scholarship athletes on them, you're going to want to get touchdowns and convert points. But but for for what I saw from the play-calling perspective of actually just sticking to something that was working and making the other team adjust instead of just being, you know, bitching out and just trying to be too smart, I think that's a promising sign. Uh, if 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 we can uh, find a little more success with the with the downfield passing game, yeah, and and it was actually in the uh, I think about halfway through the fourth quarter, I was literally I texted to a friend of mine and I said, uh, you know what, uh, through all the stuff we're complaining about, Donovan is not something I'm complaining about. And then just a minute or two later, it was like, well, what did we we had we ran back to back fly sweeps and when when we were already gashing them up the middle. And um, mm-hmm. you might call that nitpicking, but it was kind of like you don't need to get cute there when when it, when what you're doing is working. Keep going straight ahead at them. You don't need to basically the and I have nothing against uh, uh, a jet sweep in the right time. In fact, he called a couple of them earlier in the game that were really uh, they went for ten, twelve yards, as I recall. Um, uh, but you, you'd, it, it would be the equivalent of the old bubble screens that we have seen in years past mm-hmm. when you don't need to you don't need to do that when you have the physical advantage up front it was a physical advantage up front we saw from the opening kickoff uh, or the opening drive uh through to the fourth quarter and that never went away mm-hmm. so um there was just no need to re- to resort to that but overall but I saw people complaining about Donovan on the boards and stuff, and I'm not thrilled with what he did, but I I don't view him as like, if you're going to say, Derek, what were the five most glaring problems from tonight's game? He would not be in there uh, at all. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, how, do you, how do you judge a game against Oregon State? It's like you blow them out yeah. by 80 points, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to do it. You know, are they getting better under John Smith? I mean, I... I'd hate to give Babushka any credit. I mean, if they didn't just lose to, if they didn't just lose to Washington State, maybe. Um, I mean, they're talking a lot of trash on the field. They seem to be fired up. You can chalk that up to maybe a rivalry or something. But, but I mean, I feel like they might be getting a little better from. But, but really, here we are, Washington 2.0. The four stars are now redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomores. We did lose. Uh, I think you know. Uh, we, we lost, you know, Tryon, that, that wasn't that big of a deal. Lot two was hurt, which kind of hurt. Um, and then, you know, Levi in the middle. Levi. That, 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 you that really during showed the game. Said, Yeah. You texted yeah, during was, the game. He said losing Levi was huge, and it really was noticeable today. Yeah, and that, you know, I was hoping that, you know, those big, you know, whether it's Taimani or Bands, um, you know, you know, 
somebody was going to step up into that into that role and really just shut it down, especially at least against Oregon State. Um, but who, who knows, too, with this weird season? I mean, it's, what, November 14th, and this is game number one. Uh, you know, at least Oregon State had live fire last week, so that, that could have played a part into it. Um, because I, I, I don't even know how these guys' preparation has been compared to a, a typical camp. So it, it looked pretty sloppy. It did not look like a high-level yes. a high level Division One Power 5 football game. I mean, if we're really being honest, um, it looked like a couple teams that were trying to figure out how to, how to, how to play, how to just move the ball and how to, how to, you know, not commit penalties and, and just, it just was kind of a, a slow, safe, cautious game on both sides, and it played out that way. Yeah, and I went over, as I had saying earlier, uh, uh, when I wasn't watching the uh, yoga, I was actually looking at football <laughs> stuff, and to see Notre Dame at 8-0 and now and go, Jesus, we're, we've just played our first game. Yeah, I had that. I had that, that exact surreal. same. Yeah, I had that exact same thought. I was such a dog about us potentially making the playoffs, and I'm like, I'm like, it's mid November. <laughs> we're we're one and zero. We got a, a shady win against Oregon State. We used the refs, like we we paid off the refs against Oregon State, and uh, and oh, that was horrific. Oh yeah, there's a couple. I mean, the the running into the kicker should have been roughing our guy. I think it was Bowman. Uh, hit the plant leg. It was, it's a pretty, it's a pretty not controversial call. They, they, that's supposed to be 15 yards. They probably, they probably run it down our throats. But Bushka is probably pissed right now, which gives me some some happiness. But you know, yeah, they they got that first, they got that first down twice. They got it on third down and they got it on fourth down. I don't know what was going on there. I mean, I, I, I you just got to call it how it is. Um, but but well, we'll of course take it. it <laughs> you know, but well, but, I, I let's, hate let's to take real. stuff like that though. You know. Uh, yeah, that fourth down spot it. was one of the. I I don't understand how, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, uh, talking about it. But uh, I don't understand in a million years, especially in this time of painstaking replay, how that uh, spot could be so off. I mean, they got the Beavers got screwed on that one. So it's yeah, I mean, it's troubling, right? It's like you have you know that if someone someone who's paid professionally to look at this looked at that and was like, you know what? Fuck the beef. You know, it was, <laughs> it was like, it was pretty, so, so, someone, someone just sat there and was just like, yep. Uh, unless, unless there's something I missed, you know, and, and maybe I'm an idiot probably, but we don't but want this going into overtime. We're cold. We want to go home or something. So yeah, it's 3 a.m. Eastern time. Um, I got to turn <laughs> in my AP ballot and, uh, None of these teams are receiving votes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I don't think we're, I don't um, think we're receiving votes. No, uh, and, and by the way, in terms of jokes, there were some good lines on the boards tonight, but one of them, because uh, uh, to digress for a moment here, um, you were talking about the, the criticisms of Donovan, and somebody said, you said he pulled his playbook from the days of Newt Rockney, and somebody said that the, he, 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 he stole a, what was it? He stole a playbook from 1992. I think is what he said, or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was we like the I we formation. I formation. Yep, we I formation. While you were off uh, in the Korean yoga town, we uh, we were just <laughs> running it, running it straight up center's crack and and failing. Um, so it was good. It was good to see, it was good to see sticking to the guns. I was almost expecting they should just have a bunch of uh, cutout fans wearing uh, starter jackets and curly mullets, you know. <laughs> Let's just bring the 90s back to Husky Stadium. Fuck, you know, do it, do it right. 
Just get all and the to give our listeners back in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> to give our listeners perspective, you were born what year? Uh, 87. 87, okay. Um, now, uh, so a few things, uh, we'll go a few more minutes here um, to, to talk about. Um, I'm looking for my note here because I'm drawing a blank on his name and I can't believe it. Oh, McDuffie. Now, mm-hmm. he made some really nice plays defensively and he's got wonderful lateral speed from sideline to sideline as we saw on that one play where I can't remember, I think it was a jet sweep or some sort of a little bit of yeah, trickery that Oregon him. State ran. Yeah, they pulled the reverse. That play was going to go 30, 40 yards, and he's he yeah, they're stopped 16. It. Yeah, they're 16. He's their speedster. He's their little midget guy. You know, he's the guy that every other D1 school passed on because he's, you know, 5'2 and 120 pounds. And, but he can run, and, 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 and McDuffie just tracked him down. It was, it was awesome. I mean, that, was, that, that play right there may, may have saved the game for the Huskies. I mean, because yes. he's probably scoring a touchdown. Um, and and it, that's and that's what you hate to you love seeing stuff like that, but those are the kinds of plays where you that he can make against an Oregon State, you know. But when we start playing, a, you know, a, if we even meet USC or or an Oregon or these other teams that actually have some guys, and it's not going to be like a, a such a athletic mismatch. I mean. That's a little worrisome. The defense is going to get shredded against someone with a pulse. Like I just, I don't yes. know, uh, uh, and I don't know. You know, again, it's so early. Maybe Jonathan Smith has has something cooking there. I, I, I doubt it. But, but, I mean, they don't pass the eye test. Pre- <laughs> no, they don't pass the eye test. McDuffie though tracked him down, and I thought for sure that was a touchdown. It was, it was. <laughs> It was classic 2016 slow developing reverse by Jonathan Smith, and I saw it coming from a mile away. And, yeah. and still, he had about 40 yards of open space, and then McDuffie just it looked like a back in Tecmo Bowl when you would pick the same play as the as the other guy, and your guys would run like three times faster than them. It was just it was beautiful. Yeah. It was, it was um, a great play. But also earlier in the game, it wasn't a huge play or anything, but McDuffie fielded a punt. Oh, God, where was it? Maybe around his own 20. And it seemed like uh, he got about 20 yards out of it or something. But he was so quick and fast and, um, and had such mm-hmm. maneuverability. And it was like a totally different style than Dante Pettis. But it was the first time since the days of Dante Pettis returning punts that um, I felt some anticipation uh, on a punt play because with Fuller, he was um, he was sure-handed, but that's pretty much all you could say. Um, he's kind of the uh, Husky equivalent of David Moore for the Seahawks. You don't expect more Mm -hmm. than a five, six, seven yard return. And McDuffie was just like this little water bug. And it was just like, right away he he got tackled, but it's like, oh, wow, if we had a a 12 game season, he's taken at least two back to, to the house. So that's exciting. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he, he kind of started right and he did, he did a quick cut, uh, back in left and he left some guy in the dust and, and he took it down and it was, uh, it was nice to see. He was probably the most fluid runner. Bynum also looked good in the open field. He he actually was doing things after the catch that that we've been lacking in recent years since Ross. Um, but mm, but yes. Duffy he he does have that that okay that's a next level guy. You know you you see him move around on the field and you're like yes. okay that's a next level guy. And 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 we need we need to see that in the, in the return game if we're going to have any hope because. Because something tells me uh, long drives are not going to be our friend this year. As we saw, 17-play drive, zero points. 
that could be the that could be the norm um if 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 we're not careful in order to figure it out but um i i really liked uh, another another surprising you know bynum showed he he on the first i think we did a jet sweep to him initially which should have been blown up and he actually was able to shake a guy and, and move the chains um and that was a really big play and then he did it again later in the game where he was able to find a crease and, and make a guy miss and be an athlete and kind of uh, extend the play for, for more gain. And that's the kind of stuff we need. I'm so tired of seeing guys catch the ball and then die, you know. Um, a run out of bounds like I, our favorite guy that I'm not going to mention his name. <laughs> I have him uh, <laughs> autographed in that card case right now. Oh, my no. I, 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 swear, I swear to God, I got, I got, a, I got a nice little – I got a – I got. I'll throw him out there, Jadon. I have a. <laughs> I have an autographed Jadon Mickens card. I love that cat. <laughs> Do you really? Well, you know what? He at least he played with passion. I'll give him that, and he's in the NFL I'll give him now. That. So good for him. So did Ted yeah, Bundy, no, he, but I mean, you know, terrible example, but. <laughs> he he, he uh, could play. I'm so I'm so tired of guys that don't play with passion. You know that's why when I'm seeing ZTF out okay. there, he's making plays like a monster. You know, and, and and actually and actually you know you feel it coming from them. And that was something like you know that that you know Azim Victor had uh, before he got fat. Um, you know that was like uh, yes. something that's been missing from these Peterson teams. So it's like if anything else, like transitioning to like. It's still too early to tell. Obviously, we're pissed off because we didn't win, you know, sixty-three to seven or something. But, <laughs> but, but, but at the same time, I, I mean, there are some things to look at. Where, hey, at least some of these kids are, they're they're fired up. It, it was more of, um, you know, and how how can we? We just couldn't stop their run, and we really were were pretty pretty uh, weak up front. And I don't know how that's going to change because there's I don't I mean. Well, other bodies, we're only going to see better linemen, and we only have the same bodies. So I don't know how that's going to change. But um, at least in this in this short, if, I don't even know if we're going to play another game. Let's be honest. But, right. Right. But but at least I want to see some guys that are fired up, you know. And that's why, like you know, you know, Dick Newton, at least he's fired up when he's in there, you know. And uh, I don't know, Pleasant Pleasant was okay. Um, I thought I thought it was like a you know a senior gesture, let him start, uh, and but. He got 12 carries today, and he did. I mean, he he scored a touchdown, had a couple of nice ones, but I just want to see the guys that are going. I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, well, I, at least maybe I'll see your thoughts on this. Cameron Davis, I heard all these craziness about him in practice and how he's the next coming. He looks like he's a very athletic guy. As far as like running instincts, uh, some people were saying how it looked. Oh, he has eyes, and he he can see the field. I kind of had the opposite impression. There was a one play where he. It was a nice little seven-yard gain, but I kept thinking to myself that that was Gaskin. He would have housed it. And I saw you and make maybe that post. Just, yeah. Maybe we're just maybe we're just spoiled from having someone with this, such exceptional vision like Gaskin, who just had that ability to really. He was patient when he needed to be patient, and could explode and, and be that like kind of you know that jolting runner and, and always fall forward. Um, and I just don't see that on the roster anywhere. Um, as far as from what we saw today. And so uh, the running back situation, I, I'm a little – I thought it was, should be just like, all right, you know, Dick Newton takes it down. He's going to be the starter. Now we have like four different guys sharing carries, and it's really unclear who's who's the guy, you know. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I know that compared to a lot of positions, uh, somebody in the running back position, if they're talented, uh, that'll show itself uh, earlier in their career than, say, maybe somebody like a, a quarterback or a, uh, other positions. But and and I know that uh, Davis played a little bit last year, but I think I, I had I saw your post on the boards uh, after that seven yard play. And the thought that went through my mind was the one thing I want to cut him some slack on is it's been like 330 days or whatever since the last uh, time that the Huskies played a game. He doesn't have a lot of experience, and and it wasn't like he carried the ball 22 times today or something. So there might have been some jitters mm-hmm. as he ran out on the field and then took that handoff. And um, and if he was able to get into the flow of things and carry the ball 8, 10, 12 times, that uh, that might soon work itself out of the system, and he'd be uh, work it out of his system, and he'd be more fluid with the uh, with the the game. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if if he's got that ability, and if people have been raving about it, um, I would I would hold off judgment on that. And in, in my opinion, uh, and until a little bit more time has elapsed, and he's had more chances to show what he's got, um, and I could appreciate wanting to give uh, older players uh, a start and, and this kind of thing. But um, uh, like yourself, I'm hopeful that in the Jimmy Lake era that we can have a be more of kind of a meritocracy. And then if you're the better player, you're going to get this, the more of the, the reps. So more of the play. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Jack Westover, just three yards in a cloud of dust, but just, just, I love those little, those little fullback handoffs to that guy. Uh, it's Tequila's favorite player, so it's, I just want to shout out Westover. Uh, well, that first, it was the first or second play from scrimmage of the game for the Huskies, and he he went up the middle for about seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> and it was like, and it was like this. It had uh, what went through my mind was that guy for the Forty ers I don't know if you're old enough to remember him or not, but Rathman, do you remember him? Nope. I think he played you know in the nineties. So he played with the 49ers and was a fullback and uh, wanted. I don't. Did he play? I think he played alongside Roger Craig and Steve Young and all that. So, uh, anyways, they'd give him those little quick hitters up the middle five, six times a game, and he'd go plowing into the line for, for four or five, six yards or whatever. And that's what went flashing through my mind. But when we're done here, I'll uh, I'll send you uh, a. Uh, I'll go look for an old clip of his and send it to you. But. Um, all I, all I want Westover to be is 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 like Macavica for Nebraska. That's all I want. You know that guy? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Rushed for about three hundred and seventy six yards against uh, against us back in ninety five or whatever it was. Fuck. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank on what year that would have been. But uh, well, I mean, I was it literally. Been, I was it might have been ninety eight. It was Scott Frost. Scott Frost and and, and Makovica just just running all over us uh, in Husky Stadium while we were ranked number two. It's one of my early. Well, that would have been ninety seven. That would have been the Tui game when he took over for uh, he started for Brock, and it was a twenty seven fourteen game. But the uh, the the uh, ninety eight game I remember was fifty five to nothing going into the fourth quarter, and that was at Lincoln, Nebraska, though. But. Um, there was a game where Amon Green ran for about 200 yards in Husky Stadium against us, but I'm forgetting what year that was. Um, that might have been 97. I don't want to get too caught up in the weeds on this, but I was in the press box uh, a million years ago, though. I saw 
was it Maurice Jones drew and he ran literally for like 322 yards against Gilby's defense, I think it was. So yeah, that he, must have I mean, been... there's been so many beatdowns in my Husky career. How can I remember them all? The, uh, I don't the, understand Maurice how Jones... you're such a passionate Husky fan. But... <laughs> my, so, my, yeah, my, my dad got into UC Davis med school and was waitlisted at UW, and I, and I wish that he never got the call. Um, <laughs> he got the call last minute, uh, was, was decided to go to, go to Washington. And I, I grew up in student housing, uh, next to Kid Valley there. And my earliest <laughs> memories were, my earliest memories were of Husky Stadium, you know, crisp fall Sundays or Saturdays, uh, watching the Huskies dominate. I thought, you know, national titles and, you know, I idolized Bailey and Kaufman and all those guys. I thought that, that that's how my whole life was going to be. It was number one, and the Huskies would be the best. Well, he uh, ends up moving back to Sacramento when I'm in, like, a fifth grade area. I'm all decked out in purple and gold, and uh, nobody cares about the Huskies here. And, and to, to that point, though, the, the thing that's scary about where the program is at is, is the branding that was imprinted on me and, like, what it meant, like, Washington Huskies football. Like, here, I, I'm a NorCal kid. I didn't go to Washington. Um, and yet, I am so diehard about this program and, and, and everything that goes, uh, you know, into, into, you know, supporting this program as much as I can because it, it's just amazing memories that you want to have last a lifetime. My best memories are with my dad, you know, in Husky Stadium. Um, and so, and now as we, as we move further and further away from that, you know, and this disconnect with the, with the fan base and, and, and the athletic department and just, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's worrisome because you're not going to get people like me in the future. It's important for that experience to, to move people at a young age. So, I mean, that's where Oregon's at right now. Oregon's reaping the benefits of all that marketing they've been doing. For, you go around here in Sacramento, or, there's people wearing Oregon hats all over the place. They have no business wearing Oregon hats. But, you know, that's just oh, you're it is what it is. Like, oh, I'm, it just, it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. You know, Oregon's a cool brand, and, and you know, Washington is, is, is an afterthought in this area. And, and where UW used to shine, it, it's, it's, it's lacking right now, and, and I'm nervous. You know, this Jimmy Lake needs to be a success because the Peterson era was such a tease about, like, okay, are we going back or are we not going back? And, and slipping back into that Vegas Bowl after having those NY6s, I mean, that's – we're in dangerous territory because that may have been the last stand as far as Husky football as we knew it. If, if we don't – if we don't find a way to like take winning seriously and get back on top and start actually having this fan experience just you know strengthen where we can build new a new fan base, uh, we're you know it's it's toast. I mean the Pac-12 might be toast anyways after how they handled this whole thing, but um, it, UW is a big name. It still creates a lot of money. There's still something here, but let's not let's not take advantage of that. And it's kind of kind of sad to see. Uh, see leadership kind of kind of maybe forget that a little yeah um that's in my opinion it's 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 often been ham-handed for the last 20 plus years the way that uh that the university of washington has dealt with the the fan base and there's only so many times you can either go to the well with something uh or behave in a certain way uh before you start to kill the golden goose and then you have a catastrophe like this covid situation coming along um 
you you can obviously as we've all read and heard about you know the the financial catastrophe that's underway is is going to be quite a challenge um but mm-hmm. also also if you look at it, if you step back and look at the west coast as a whole i mean uh, if we're going to be frank here the pac 12 over the last 10 to 15 years, maybe even a little bit more, has slowly been receding away from prominence nationally, and each with each passing year has become more and more similar with like a, a Mountain West Conference or a WAC or something, and and then now, as you um, mentioned a second ago, the way that they chose to dealt with this whole COVID thing, where the Huskies were just playing their first game tonight, and meanwhile Notre Dame is 8-0, and for example, um, have we are we completely out of the picture now? We're we're a we're a Power Five conference in name only. Um, that'll show itself in the next you know twelve to twenty four months for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But our, our our ability to compete is uh, might have been uh, not just for the Huskies but for the entire conference might have really been hampered. And then I think that this is a conversation for another day. But the fact that Larry Scott is still I know there's rumors he's going to be out at the end of the year, but who knows? But um, the the fact that he is still in power with the way that he has run this conference into the ground and um but meanwhile made a nice fortune for himself and living like the king of siam it's really Mm -hmm. something and it's really uh disappointing and it really speaks to you know again a conversation for another day but why why would why would steps not be taken long ago to remove him and replace him with competency if we want to really be competitive Uh, the sec would not have put up with that crap for more than one year, so. No, it's, 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 you get what, you know, the presidents and, uh, employ him and they've chosen to employ him and, you know, it's, it's either the, either the fan base is care enough to force change and make the leadership listen or they don't, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and here, and, and here we are, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but, but yeah, I mean, Larry Scott is just, I mean, he's probably working on a severance package right now. <laughs> he, he probably he's probably spending the last year of his uh, tenure just working on a nice severance for himself, and he'll 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 be okay. Well, you know, they they lay off the ninety six employees from uh, was it the Pac twelve network? This was a few weeks ago that I read this. Um, was it either the conference or the or the network? And meanwhile, he he kept uh, over a two million dollar bonus for himself in addition to his salary, and um, that's not leadership. So. Um, but anyway, it's a conversation for another day. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll wrap things up in there. I do want to conclude the show with one comment, but before I do, is there anything you want to add? No, just, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. That's uh, my first oh, yeah. ever podcast. I hope it, uh, I hope it comes through all right. Um, but oh, you know, no, you're great. Still, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to, to like about this team. It's just, I don't even know if we're going to have enough games. It just feels like a, it's a weird year. This feels like a practice year. I, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, I hope we get, I hope there's a way to get, uh, I know it doesn't make sense with the Pac-12 championship game, but I hope there's a way to get Cal back on the schedule. Um, just just to fill out the schedule more because I can't help but do and think that we're still undefeated, so there's still a chance. Um, and uh, <laughs> until until I see a loss, until I until I, I kind of make that Pete Carroll face, you know, on the missed field goal, uh, that gif. It's like I, I, I'm always th- I'm always thinking that there's a chance that we can go go run the table and and, and go all the way. Um, next next week, uh, it's it's. 
you know, Arizona, uh, I believe we're playing them next week. They, they, they gave USC all they could get. And I don't, I don't even know if that means anything, but, uh, but, uh, it's a big, it's a big game to, if we can win next week, then I'll, I'll really start digging hard. Anything that keeps Clay Hill employed down there is fine by me. <laughs> yeah, Clay Hill. I, I saw some of those highlights. They got they got so lucky on a few plays. Like Helton, Helton's like Sarkeesian, just just getting all the luck from T-Mobile to Tuscaloosa. You know, just going the distance. The condom breaks, but she doesn't get pregnant. Yeah, no, never, never with that guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just wanted to finish by saying um, that this was the first Husky game that had taken place uh, since back uh, – it was back in April that our good friend Larry, or is known as DeLarry, on the boards um, since he got hit by a car down in California where he lived and uh, died. Um, and so I was texting earlier today with Volcano Dog, who doesn't uh, – he doesn't – he barely ever posts on the uh, on the hardcore Husky boards – um, but we were uh, texting a bit about Larry and stuff, and uh, let me see here. So he asked me to give Larry a shout-out. Uh, he said to tell everybody that uh, Volcano Dog is going to pour out a little liquor for his homie tonight. So that's in regards to Larry. And um, he was also, uh, we were both speculating about how uh, worked up and fired up Larry would be to see the defense uh, giving up eight yards of carry tonight or whatever it was. So, uh, maybe somewhere Larry was watching the game. Who knows? But um, do you you you've been around long enough? You remember him posting, right? Yeah, he was great. That was that was real tragic. Yeah, okay. that, that that sucked. That sucked. So R.I.P. On a on a lot of levels. So well, hey, uh, great talk with you, and we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Derek. All right. Have a good night. Bye.